lightning. Inspirational. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. Welcome to Conversations with the Royal Empress. This is Akila, and joining me is my fellow co-host, Hakima, and our guest co-host and emperor is Gary Rockman. Gary Rockman is your real estate rock star. He is also the host of the podcast show Connections. He is an author, an entrepreneur, devoted husband, father, and he's here to help us talk about sexual healing tonight. Welcome, Gary. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Welcome Thanks for having me. So tonight we are talking about sexual alchemy, healing the community, sexual healing. Gary, why don't you tell us what sexual alchemy is? All right. So sexual alchemy is, um, well, the, from my teachings, the actual real name of it is spiritual alchemy. And it deals with our sexual energy, our sexual spiritual energy. Uh, it's an ancient practice that um, has now, I guess, newer terms. Uh, people call it tantric or tantric. Um, probably more of, I, I call that more of a layman's or more commercialized name, uh, which is still not really mainstream, but it is more mainstream than when you hear, uh, you know, spiritual alchemy, uh, but it's, it's as ancient as we are as a people. So it's, um, it is a, a form of really, uh, of how we really um, uh, expressed ourselves through our sexual, sexual act, act, you know, our sexual experiences, uh, how it, 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 it uh, helped us to, um, to actually, uh, uh, in, in every aspect of just our human connection, of course, with our, with our partner, but even in, in everyday business, because once you're vibrating in that energy, it opens up opportunities because uh, you're vibrating on such a high frequency that even from a, even from a business or uh, uh, feelings, you're, 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 that energy is, is, has you in a place where you actually are performing on, on a higher frequency and much better to kind of put it in a nutshell we start talking about healing the community mm -hmm. how do how do we mesh that together okay so uh, so let me let me go back a little bit so I've been practicing this now 
for about 10 years. And I was introduced to the practice from a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Melva Green. And Melva is actually, a, she's a clinical psychiatrist as well as a, what they call in, in this arena, they call her a, a spiritual midwife. Uh, and so she actually um, brought it to my attention, like I said, about a little over 10 years ago. And when she did, uh, it was almost kind of like, I, I always refer to it, and even she did at a time of kind of, of uh, Neo when it was talking about the matrix, right? Or the red pill or the, or the blue pill. Because she was dropping all this information on me. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> what, what, what is she talking about? But what she was sharing with me was when we got, when we dead deeper, it was, it was actually something that I had probably been aware of most of my life, right? Because I was actually in high school at CBS, and I can recall, you know, being this kid, being this high school kid, probably a sophomore or something like that, sophomore, junior in high school, and I would read these different books, and these books were real basic, but they were talking about female anatomy, right? And I would share them with my friends that were female and just kind of exploring and talking about the, the different parts of, uh, of their anatomy. And so many of these young, young ladies didn't know anything about their bodies. And so uh, I was always kind of like, man, you know, but it was, for me, it wasn't, um, I wasn't trying to be like the Casanova when I was talking. These were strictly platonic friends. I was really trying to see, you know, like educate them on like just knowing about their own anatomy. And my, my mother and I could talk about sex very openly. And so I was always that kid. I've all, and even as we raise our children who are now 10 and 11, I try to, you know, we, we didn't use funny names when talking about genitalia. We talked about real parts, you know, um, the, the body and the beauty of the body and not to be embarrassed by the body. And, and so, it was a comfortable place for me as a young man, as a, even a young, you know, young child, basically a teenager. But as you know, and as I grew older and and uh, really got more into you know just you know uh, sexual activity with, with females, right? Um, I was probably still a different dude. I was a different dude and really um, wanting to make a deeper connection through sex. So it wasn't just about the physical, and, and some parts were, right? Because I was still young, right? Still adolescent in my mind, my thinking. But there was always still this like, you know, hmm, something more for me. And so I guess when, when I was talking, so fast forward as an adult, uh, an adult man, married, uh, we just had our, our first child at the time, and Mel was kind of dropping this information on me. And as a matter of fact, I think actually we had probably had both of our children by the time we were talking about this. And she was just sharing with me that she felt as an energy from me, right? She felt that one, she could put, she could lay this on me and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't take the information and do the wrong thing with it, right? Because our, our spiritual sexual energy is very powerful and many use it in, in negative ways as well. So there's a thing called, you know, uh, sex magic, right? where you have people who are actually putting spells on people so that they can manipulate them and do sexual things, sexual acts and things like that, have them under control through that sexual energy. And she said, but when she was explaining it to me, she said, you can also use the same energy to do amazing things, right? To do great things. 
and the energy in its strongest is in our females, right? It's in our, it's in the womb, it is derived from the womb. And so she was really trying to, for me, she was really trying to um, get my wife and I to have a deeper connection. I was sharing with her at the time, we were going through some struggles. Uh, like I said, we, we, were, we had had some, some tough times actually conceiving our first child. And I can just recall going through that and it was really, um, it was very mechanic, right? Our sexual in interactions were very mechanic at the time, you know, we were trying to have a baby and it was like, you know, the positions and it, it, it really had no connection, right? It was like void of connection and I was real frustrated. But then we also just, because she and I, uh, from a sexual standpoint, Similar to most most families, I, I would assume in her family, they didn't really talk about sex. Sex was kind of uh, something that wasn't really discussed. Uh, even her mother and her didn't really get into a whole lot. You know, of course, we talk about menstrual cycles and things like that, the basics, but not the actual act of sex and that connection, not the the experience or what that feels like or any of that. And so. Even in our marriage, we were kind of uh, not firing at the same, you know, on the same frequency. We were, you know, so it was frustrating. And where I kind of saw intercourse with my wife as this spiritual thing, as just wanting to get a deepness with her, a real deep connection, I think for her, you know, well, even after, you know, you know, years of kind of having these discussions even with her, I know that for her, it was very much so mechanical. It was very much so uh, a barbaric, more so act, an animal, an animalistic type of act. And so she wasn't, she wasn't as as um, inclined uh, to to actually, you know, have, you know, go through that, right? And she was also someone uh, who was um, who who lost her virginity, I would say, kind of late in life, you know, relatively speaking, in, in today's society. She was in grad school. So for her, she hadn't had a, a number of sexual experiences anyway, and wasn't really, I guess, that in tune with her body uh, or even the act, right? Which, you know, in, in some aspects, as, as I'm older now, may have been a good thing because maybe, you know, it's kind of like playing golf or, you know, you learn, if you learn as a child how to play golf, you play much better than when you're an adult, right? Because you know, adults a lot of times will 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 uh, introduce or they'll be introduced to bad ways uh, of playing the sport of golf, right? So we have kind of also because we've had many of us have had no real knowledge of this energy and the importance of how how sex uh, actually enriches us. We've kind of really used it just as a release, right? Whether it's you know an ejaculation or uh, or if it's an orgasm, but an orgasm for women from just the friction aspect of it, from from the the um, from the I guess you know friction of the clitoris, you know things of that nature. So it's been again just more animalistic and just the result of that release. But what what um, uh, spiritual alchemy really teaches is that the connection of that union uh, from, a, from a sexual standpoint, when you're really in tune with that, it's a much deeper connection. Um, the orgasms that we have 
uh, especially for men, uh, which are when men release like that, it actually takes away, and even women, when women release from a from a friction, a friction uh, uh, orgasm, it takes a lot of energy out. So you you know you're feeling lethargic afterwards, right? You're ready to go to sleep afterwards. You're tired. Uh, where in truth, uh, energetic alchemy should actually rejuvenate you. You should really feel energized and the 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 act is something that can last a lot longer. Uh, it's more enjoyable because of, because of that. And the woman is not actually uh, through this practice. The woman is actually receiving the man when she's truly open, right, to receive, right. And so it's not rushed. Uh, you don't get the pre premature ejaculations because because of the excitement of everything. Um, so. That, that teaching and that connection from a subconscious standpoint with uh, what I learned uh, from, from Melva and just even through my studies is that uh, it is, it, the woman then, because of this connection, can make a, a deeper subconscious impact on her male partner on just everything that they, that they desire. Right, so if it's protection, if it's if it's finances or whatever it is, our subconscious mind as men, we work more so from that than the conscious mind. So you can tell them go empty the trash, you know, consciously, and it may sound like nagging, but in, in the act of intercourse, for example, there are things that you can ask for that the subconscious mind is now open and wants to respond to that to that request in a much much uh, more pure, much more um, um, a, a much more wanting desire, right? Versus the need is more of I want to kind of be fulfilling in, in with my partner in this aspect. So, um, so you know, in short, that's kind of uh, the 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 short understanding of of uh, energetic alchemy, right? And it's like I said, it's an ancient practice from you know Egypt and beyond when you were talking about the not knowing your body and how you were in high school. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we actually had a show where we, we, we were talking about sex. We've had a few sex topics. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was saying how I actually knew a lot, probably more than I should have, because I, I could read very well at a very young age. And so there was a book, and I talked about it before, that my mother had called Our Bodies Ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it was this book about women and their sexuality. And, you know, so when you say, like, what you were teaching other girls, and I'm like, I knew all of this stuff, mm -hmm. which is probably why, because um, we had a conversation about this before, Gary, and I said, I, I think that's probably why I started viewing sex more as a spiritual act than that whole physical animalistic act and then understanding the power of it. And I guess from starting to read that, you know, I was open to those other types of readings as it pertained to that, but I knew it instinctively, just like you knew something, it was, it was something more to it. And so when you hear about it, you're more receptive to it when you, when it's already instinctive anyway. Yeah. And then it's like you kind of just have to bring your partner along and to help them to understand, you know, that, that power and that energy that comes um, 
that comes from sexual energy. And so I think we have to be very careful with who we share that energy with. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's part of, I think, part of the problem that many of us have is that when we only view it from a lustful standpoint and just as a mechanical standpoint, then you don't produce. You have a couple and they can't figure out why things are going bad or why this is that. They can even feel like they are having great sex. And they could mechanically be having great sex. Right. But spiritually, it's not there. Spiritually, you all get out of the bedroom and you still moping around and depressed. You still can't figure out why you need to do this. You can't figure out why you all are arguing and you can't get along because you're not channeling that energy that you have in that right direction. If somebody can't even get to that level where they understand that, then that's not necessarily the partner that I would choose for myself because then I feel like you're going to drain me spiritually. And I was laughing when you talked about, you know, people going to sleep and I shook my head <laughs> because I'm like, for me personally, <laughs> I can get up and start cleaning up and cooking and all kind of stuff. So <laughs> I don't just go to sleep. My motto is, if you ain't putting me to sleep, something wrong, you know. So I guess you're right. It's a way you got to look at it and what you should be uh, getting from it. Um, great. Growing up, um, it's, it's interesting. My, my mom always came from a biblical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she came from a, I'm going to keep a real standpoint as well. Um, so she always says, it's got to be with the right person. But when it's with the right person, it should, it should be what it is. It should be. You know, it should be fireworks, it should be this, it should be that, which is, I understand, but it is very interesting um, we talk about it on a, a deep spiritual level and how it, okay, it starts out physical, but of course it has to grow into something much more spiritual. Yeah, and, and Hakeem, I think um, the other part, too, is that, um, you know, when when practicing it, right, you... Again, I think a lot of it, the, the energy of being tired is because, again, we are, we are practicing sex from just the physical, um, the physical release of an ejaculation or the physical orgasm, right? And I say the physical orgasm because in, in energetic alchemy or tantric, the, the deeper orgasms don't leave you lethargic the ones where you're actually you can feel sensations like you know i mean my wife is here like you know she can feel sensations in parts of even even her vagina her breasts that have nothing to do with a release of an orgasm in the in the physical sense right so it's like you're having these orgasms and you're having this experience that doesn't you know that you want more of it right you're 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 it's almost like um you know uh, kind of peeling back the, the onion right till you get to the center is it, the, the the more you peel the more you get to the center the, it's almost like the juicier it gets so it doesn't leave you with that same lethargic feeling right and you're truly connected and it's a you know it you know it, it, it and so for me, for example, there have been times where, um, you know, of course, you know, you, you, you'll still have, you know, I'll still have that ejaculation, 
but it's prolonged and there have been so many like just uh, tintillating, uh, if that's the right word, um, feelings and, and just sensations throughout the entire act that is, that is sometimes really even better than that release, right? It's like, man, this has, yes, been, right. this has been feeling amazing. Right. And then, you know, maybe then, you know, at some point you get to the release, but even before that, it's like, wow. And, and, and so, um, and, and I'm still, like I said, I'm still growing in this. I'm still learning a, a whole lot, you know, and, um, uh, and my wife, of course, is as well. But as we kind of, you know, you know, um, for, for Father's Day, even I, I did, um, I gave her a yoni massage. And mm-hmm. Just in that, right? She was. There were certain aspects of her body that were that that she had sensation that she hadn't had before through the normal just act of sex. So I think that you know at the same time, and that's why you know when when you dive into that, right? When you get to that point, there is even from the the readings and the things that I've studied. And there's plenty of things on YouTube too about this subject. But what I've also discovered is that, especially for women, right, and men as well, but especially for women, uh, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain that is held in the vagina, right? And mm-hmm. you all have it. Um, these, this, a lot of this pain is even not even known to you. These are the things that, for example, many women, even like I'm sure even with my daughter, right, when there are men that are looking at her, in a sexual way at this young age and she has no clue right but that energy is real so no matter mm-hmm. you know regardless of the actual penetration they are actually having sex with her you know from an energy standpoint without her even knowing right Ooh, teach on it all the time this is not just sometimes this is all you know from, from young girls all the way through women even now you guys are, can be you know uh, uh dressed modest or what have you, there's still men that are looking at you all and their intentions and their energy is totally different than even what you know of. And that energy is then stored. I mean, stored in your vagina. Um, and then there, of course, there are women who have had, you know, who've been molested or who've been raped or whatever the case may be. All that energy gets stored in the vagina. Even, even the, 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 the pain that your grandmother experienced, right? Because that is then transferred through your mother to you, to me, right? To, you know, so to, the, to their offspring. So you're carrying around all this, this pain that you don't really have a clue about, right? And as you kind of journey through life and these things are happening, right? We, you're dealing with relationships. Um, you're, you're in business or whatever the case may be. And, and this anger, this pain comes out in other ways in your life. So whether it's a new relationship, you're not one, you don't know why, you know, you and his brother, y'all not vibing, whatever the case may be, or you and your spouse, you know, you got shit and you know that's that's been held in you and you don't know why, and certain shit he says triggers some of that, that pain. So as we walk around and we see our people, they're really kind of like, you know, zombies more or less. Uh, living in a with a body that they have no clue of all the hurt and pain. Now we know what slavery has done and all of that stuff, but there's besides even just slavery, there's so much that we're holding. And through the act of 
spiritual alchemy, you get those release there through a yoni massage and exploring the vagina in that way. There are points in the in the vagina where there's there's that pain is being let's say held in one part, and as that's kind of massaged and released, you know you feel the pain, but it's like a pain. It's almost like getting a good massage, right? Where it's like, damn, ah, man, I was tight right there, and in the vagina is releasing that. So you have women who will from deep penetration or from a yoni massage who will start to cry who have an emotional, you know, breakdown because of that pain that's being released that they had no idea about. So the reason why this is such a, a um, something that's very important is because something that you said, Akila, uh, that's so true, right, is that it has, we have to be careful how we share the information, but at the same time, it's like one of those things that we all need. It's like a medicine that's so important to us really healing as a people. I'm speaking about black folks specifically. Um, that is, it's so needed in our community. But again, it, it, it still has to almost be um, baby, you know, baby fed to us uh, because at the same time, the, too much of it at one time, too much information can then again be manipulated and you have a people who are exploiting those who don't know. Um, so it's, it's, it's um, and that's what's been wild for me, right? So for a number of years, I would, you know, I would read things about it. I would kind of check out videos, but I was still very cautious on who I shared the information with, right? I didn't tell some of my frat brothers and shit um, because I was, I was a little reluctant, like, yo, I don't know what they're going to do with, you know, I hear them talk about women in a way that I'm like, eh, they probably not ready. So it's, it's real. We're a, a very um, delicate piece. Um, Melba talks about, you know, just going to, to uh, Dubai and all these different places in Bali and how she's taken over people, taking people to, to different places and they'll practice. And she's taking Caucasians over. And uh, sometimes, you know, they they know the magic, the power of this, right? But they'll get they'll get there and just lose their mind. You know, they'll they'll go into a, a sacred uh, place and and you know sit on something that nobody else is sitting on. You know, and and just do things in the sacred space that um, shouldn't be done. Shouldn't you know? It's a place that they should be giving reverence. They're just you know because again the maturity. And the the desire to almost exploit uh, the the uh, the energy and the knowledge is is real and is there. So you know, so she's even cautious. And and I kind of asked her because a lot of times I'm reading these books and they're not you you find really like no African Americans or no Black people really putting it in writing. And I was like, yo, how come you know I'm mean, I'm reading all these books and you know, but most of them are written by Caucasians and. It's good information, and you know you have good folk, and, and I'm not one of those today that believes that you don't have, you know, that, that, that Europeans or whites can't actually be authentic and, and, and genuine. But and I've read books by many of them that you know the information that they're sharing, you can tell they're coming, they're trying to be be uh, come from a good place. But at the same time, uh, you don't see that you don't see black folks doing the same type of writing. And she said, and a major reason why again is because so many of these these um, 
the so many of the black uh, experts, if you will, um, who have really practiced this for you know for ancient for generations, are reluctant, right? Because they know the power and they're reluctant to share with with the wrong people. So putting it in a book uh, could actually open it up to people that aren't really ready for the information or want to do bad things with the information. So, um, so again, you know, it's one of those things that, um, uh, you know, we just, we just really have to be, be aware of, of the power and who we actually share the information with. And so when she was sharing it with me, one, I was honored when she broke it down to me, but that's why she was using the, the matrix, like, you know, the blue pill, the red pill. <laughs> you don't want this information I'm going to drop on you. Let me know now because <laughs> you can't go back, right? Yeah. yeah. I have a question. Can you uh, define, you, you mentioned the yoni massage. So can mm -hmm. you expound on that for our listeners? Hey, for me too, though. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so the, of the female anatomy, you know, I wrote a blog on it. I'm just using regular, real layman terms, and you know, so the pussy, right, um, is really the yoni, right? And right. Um, so when you know, so the yoni actually, you know, of course, has different, of course, parts to it, right? Anatomy of but the massage is actually one which, you know, you're basically connecting the breasts, which are, you know, with women is there. So let me go back a little bit. So there is the way men and women are set up. And that's why I like the, like I shared the book, the first book is because she, she kept it 100 on this part. And I'll, and I'll explain what I mean is that the way we're designed as men and women is almost like a magnet. So the, the woman's positive charge, more or less, right, her, her sexual energy starts in her breast. Mm -hmm. And that's the positive yes. pole. Right. Uh, the, the yoni is her negative pole, okay? For men, it's the opposite. Our chest is our negative pole, and our, and our uh, uh, penis or um, linga, uh, I think it's pronounced, uh, you know, is our, is our positive pole. So when you know these things connect right you know basically you know when we when we connect like that that's when we get the the circular energy that that goes that can you know basically connects or uh uh or travels through the both of us right and the reason why i like the way she wrote about it is because you know even there were homosexuals that that they kind of read the book and were kind of offended a little bit or like well what about us and so the, when she breaks it down, she's like, you know, she's not trying to discriminate. She's just <laughs> talking about the true anatomy of right. male and female. And she breaks it down to the point where whether you've had a, a sexual uh, uh, change, right, you, you, you know, went through a change and you're now a man or you're now a woman, it doesn't change the anatomy of, of our mm -hmm. spiritual energy of what we are. Right. So we can change physically, but what we are spiritually is what we are spiritually. And, and being a man is, is, you know, there are things that are that our body were made a certain way spiritually and same for a woman. We'll make you all are made a certain way spiritually. And so whether you're homosexual or not, it doesn't change that. Right. So if you if you're a woman in the beginning and, you know, you're with a woman then both of you, and now you're a man, you still, your, your positive is in your breath. Mm -hmm. 
your negative is still going to be, you know, your, your attachment, because that's where your yoni was, is still going to be there. So, you know, so when practicing a, a yoni massage, you're basically massaging not only the exterior parts of the vagina, but you're actually also going into the interior parts as, as deeply as you can with your hand. And you're actually looking for, you know, massaging different parts of the vagina um, and, and releasing different pressures um, so that that, that that healing can, can take place. As well as there going to be, there's going to be a certain parts that, that are going to be more aroused uh, that are even inside, internal. And a lot of times when, like, when, when women have an orgasm or, you know, when guys, you know, that orgasm that we typically give from a physical standpoint is because we're making friction with the clitoris. So it's, it's, more, of a, it's more of a, just a friction orgasm. So the yoni massage actually is, is exploring the deeper parts of the vagina, and actually there are parts in there that can, that will, that will, where you will have orgasms that have nothing to do with the, with just the friction aspect. Mm -hmm. and, um, so that's, that's um, kind of the basics of, of what a yoni massage uh, is and what its, what its purpose to do is, is to, again, to release that energy and to really um, allow uh, you to open up uh, and to release the pain and to get the the arousement in other parts of your vagina that maybe have never been been explored before. Remember, we also discussed the yoni steams. Yes, I was telling you about that, and obviously, it's different from the massage in that you know there is no physical touching of anything inside, but it's the steam that is going in. And it's also a way of releasing that energy, the negative energies, the pent up energies, um, clearing out the womb itself through that. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people, because, you know, we do a lot of things that are trendy now. And so you hear a lot more people talking about getting vaginal steams and but they're not necessarily getting them understanding this aspect of it, mm -hmm. that it's actually clearing out pain and taking away those negative energies. Because you have a lot of people who do steams and they just, they, they do a one size fits all. Or you're in a room with other women and so you can't necessarily get that. But when you, when you, when you can sit down and talk about Write down different things that are affecting you in your life. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the proper herbs that you need to release those energies are then combined together. That's basically how you get the best out of having the vaginal steam. So I, it, it would, I would love to know what it would be like for somebody to get a, a yoni massage and a yoni steam. Mm -hmm. That would probably be. <laughs> like one of the greatest releases that a woman could have in terms of healing. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, when you, you actually hit me to that when we were talking before because I hadn't heard of you on the and I hadn't had a chance to even uh, go back to like Melba and kind of, you know, ask her about it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would imagine that, you know, those things combined would, would do some amazing things. Yeah. 
So you have to, and then, and then when you have somebody that's there with you, that's guiding you through that process and actually talking, because there are women who during the Yoni sting will cry, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, they, they release the, you know, they talk about things that maybe they were afraid to talk about and they're opening up, but all of everything that we're talking about is really still talking about the womb and taking care of the womb in the woman, because that is that energy space. That is where we hold everything. Um, Hakima can talk about when she did the, what did you, the yoga and you guys were doing oh, the, the womb. We did the womb meditation. Mm-hmm. I have to give a, to get out, give a shout out to my sister, Katnu. <laughs> But uh, just uh, and for introducing me to that, because I thought she was crazy. You want me to do what? <laughs> okay, all right. You done lost it. I'm like, what you smoking, sis? You know what I mean? But that whole experience and just actually the introduction through Egyptian yoga and then getting to that point where I'm loosened up, I'm open. And when she introduced that, it kind of, I was taken back by it. But I said, I'm going to submit to the process. I'm going to try it. But I was definitely able to hear the issues that my womb was having. And when you, mm-hmm. brother, when you talked about the vagina holding pain and that pain coming from the men or uh, you were talking about your daughter, you know, I experienced that like seven years I was correctional officer. And so being surrounded by sexual predators, you're right. It, 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 it does something to a woman when you get this energy coming from three or four different angles of men who really had a desire and you can look in their eyes and just know their thoughts are filthy and it's about you because you're that focus time after time over time that becomes very detrimental to womb health and and when i did the vaginal statement i was able to release all of that and it was amazing Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm just in a, uh, to bear witness to what you were saying that is so true because that energy is directed to you. So where does it go? You absorb mm-hmm. that energy. And if you don't release it, it becomes, com- you know, it's compounded. It's, it's, it's in- that sexual energy directed towards you on top of that sexual energy, on top of that sexual, sexual energy, just much like what your daughter was experiencing. So thank you for addressing that. So what do we do about, I mean, because you have so many people now who are predators and even the information that, that, that people are given as it pertains to sex in our community in general, you know, you have this whole thing where men are growing up thinking that the more notches that they get on their belt, you know, that they, that they are to look at women as objects. And then many of us are, you know, falling along with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like with, when we say you can't give everything, but it's like, but there has to be something. There has to be some type of teaching where we have to understand how this can affect us in a negative way. Because people don't get it. Because people, and and they, they will look at you like you're crazy. Because it's like, well, you know, because they, cause they are, all they care about is that release, that physical aspect of it. And they don't even, they can't even fathom, mm-hmm. you know, the pain that's caused or anything. Because we're just, it's like we're just walking around bumping, bumping heads over something that seems like it should just be common knowledge and it's not. Well, I'll tell you, my approach has been uh, more so with people that I know, 
Um, okay. Primarily married couples, men, right? So mm-hmm. I have five brothers who, hey, man, you know, we, we're talking. And, um, sometimes, you know, they're having issues in their marriage. And I will bring this up as a, as a form to try to reconnect them with their spouse, right? Uh, and so that's been kind of the main way that I've actually introduced it to people. Um, and, and in those conversations, it's a little bit easier. Because oftentimes they're, they're at least open to wanting to make a better connection with their spouse, right? Okay. And, and maybe not have a, an affair or whatever the case may be. So they're, they're open to that. And so they're, you know, so, you know, they, they may, they at least, you know, most of them I still have referred books to haven't read the books, right? But they're at least a little bit more aware and they're kind of at least seeing how I'm moving with, with Callie, right? We're seeing how I'm moving with my wife, whether it's on Facebook or if they know us and they see us often or whatever the case may be. And so there's something there that's like, hmm, maybe, right? And so it's kind of a, with anything, right? Even when from the Nation of Islam, you know, and the teachers that we got, right? You can, you, when we first got in, I know for me, right? You know, my mom was upset, right? She was upset that I was, <laughs> right. I, I left the Lutheran religion, they thought I was gonna be a Lutheran minister. And I could probably in the beginning, I said, you know, I told everybody, don't eat no more pork. And I was going off. I was on a you know, a rampage of like all these things not to do. And when I kind of more so settled in, when I had more knowledge, right, myself, and I settled in and I was actually more modeling than, than, than telling, then people started, you know, my mom started to kind of like see my right. behavior, right? See that, hey, this is, you know, he's doing some good things here. You know, he hasn't. You know, he hasn't changed as a person as far as he's not a bad person. He's actually, you know, there's some things in him that I'm seeing him grow. So from that, you know, I know my mom started reading The Final Call, started listening to Farrakhan, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She started going like, man, he said right. some good stuff, right? Right, right. Um, so it's kind of like, I, and I've shared my wife on even how we're raising the kids. You know, we can be, you can be that parent that's always telling them, or you can model and teach. And I'd rather model and teach. I'd rather my children see um, be an entrepreneur and tell them and share with them how that process is and they see me going through it then me tell them hey you know you should be an entrepreneur right or see um, me putting a hundred percent into things so then you know when I'm, when I'm sharing with them about their grades you know then they, they, they have a model to go by versus you know you know uh, I'm half-assed with everything and I'm telling them that they got to be perfect or they got to be great at something so I think a lot of the approach that I, like I said with, with men that I know is one where I'm really just trying to build a good model. Uh, and, and so they then may say, hey, you know what, I want some of that. Because the truth of the matter is when I'm dealing with, with my frat brothers and married couples that I know, nobody gets married wanting a divorce. Right. right. <laughs> they don't do that, right? Uh, and most of the cats that I've even talked to, whether, I mean, I won't say that they were all necessarily in love with their spouse. They may have loved them, but I won't say they were all in love with their spouse when they met them or got married. But they definitely cared for them and wanted the, the relationship to work. So coming from that approach with them, it's, it at least, again, puts them in the mindset of like, man, maybe this might work. Maybe I should listen a little bit, kind of watch what's happening. And so that's kind of how I've introduced it from that standpoint. Now, uh, with with our children, it's a little bit different, right? So we can we can actually uh, kind of we can kind of shape them in a different way about sex 
from a very young age right. so that they grow up in a different understanding of it all. Because even, even when I'm reading them books in high school, I still don't have that knowledge, right? I'm still kind of a kid that, you know, I went to Tuskegee and did the same, you know, even in the nation, if I'm being real, uh, and still did some things with sisters that, that uh, I didn't have the best intention. My intention was to get a quick release, and she was my victim. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's still at that young age of me still not having all of this knowledge um, was kind of doing what, what I had seen others do. Like you said, a notch under the belt, the more the merrier, right? Um, uh, and I still, like I said, was still one of those kids that was more conscious about, hey, there's got to be more to it than this. But I still was victim you know, fell victim of, of what society kind of puts out there. And we can touch on that. I mean, the whole piece of this, right, is the Western world and the misogyny of the Western world. And the whole penis, um, penis love or, mm -hmm. you know, the Western world or, or, or you know, especially, you know, uh, Caucasians, you know, have really put out there uh, because they want to be most dominant, right? And so, uh, having and knowing, because, you know, the, the 1%, right, they, we know the 1% knows the power of the black woman. They don't want to share that with the world, but they know the power. And so, you know, the, the best way to approach their piece is, right, to get us as far away from this understanding as possible. And when we talk about just everyday brothers, right, who are looking at, at women as notches and from a sexual standpoint uh, of just another number. We also have to understand that they too are hurting. They too are really victims of not having this information, not actually being connected to their original selves. So they're just as much, uh, and that's, you know, so that's why we see all this chaos and confusion in our communities. That's why black love is, is kind of gone away in many aspects, right? I was sharing with some, with some brothers um, not too long ago, probably last week, Actually, with some some the, here in Baltimore, they had the Baptist convention. So these black pastors were here. All these Baptists, uh, we were in there. And we talked about sex and whatnot. And one of the things I shared, um, because we will hear, you know, and I'm sure you ladies hear this often, right? You'll hear men talk about how women, black women specifically, uh, are rough to deal with, right? Well, you all are hard to deal with, you know, it's, it's rough and sisters, boy, they got so much this and attitude and, oh, don't have a degree. Don't let them have no intelligence. Well, it's, it's rough. No, they don't have no title, huh? <laughs> right? And one of the things I brought to them, and I even shared this with my wife before, because I was like, you know, I'm, I'm an observer. Sometimes I like to just kind of check people out and check conversations out. And I share with my wife and I share with these the same thing with these men. I said, you know, it's kind of funny that we say that, but I said, you know, that is the black man, you know, because we'll talk about you guys being with uh, the, the women's rights movement and, we, you, know, you know, sisters, that ain't for them, you know, that's, that's that white woman stuff. It, truly it is, right? But you will have sisters who will sometimes gravitate to it. But black men do it as well. We just don't have an organization, right? Yes. So we, kinda, we just become <laughs> men. Right. Ours just gets labeled as men, period. And we just fall into that category. But that man that we're modeling is still a European idea of what manhood mm. is. Yes. And so how we deal with our women is how they deal with their women. And it's mm. not the way that we should be dealing with ours. 
So right. can you repeat that? Can you repeat that, Bert? Please, can you repeat that? Yeah. So again, uh, you know, even black men are still uh, we're modeling what white men's interpretation of manhood. Mm. Yes. <laughs> One of the things I share with them is like, you know, I can be at a cigar spot, right? Smoking cigars with some white men. And the white man, you know, will be talking. They may bring up, oh, man, y'all got it rougher than we do. Boy, them sisters, you know, they, they're something else. And black men in that group will go, yeah, yeah. They'll amen them, right? They'll be amening mm -hmm. them all the way. Say, well, you won't find sisters. Even if sisters are with that movement that will get around white women and mm -hmm. then talk about black men in a negative way. They don't, right. don't do that. By and large, right now, you know, you know, in general terms, right? Mm -hmm. well, maybe you will you'll talk to your sisters and say, right, black, but y'all don't do that among other, you know, with other in other groups where we do, right? So it's really again, both of us kind of falling victim and being a part of 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 what of what white women think uh, is powerful, which is really just another form of masculinity when we think about yep. it, right? that, that women's right movement is not women's power that they're expressing. It's really man power that they're expressing. Mm -hmm. And in the feminine aspect of women is the power that is, is, is kind of, you know, snuffed out or smothered. And we look at women, uh, you know, if you're a strong woman, then you're really more like a masculine woman. She can do a man's job. She can run a mm -hmm. business like a man. Mm -hmm. um, versus actually, in truth, if she was running a business like a woman, you know, in her true feminine power, it would be run totally different. It would have probably better results, right? But those things are the disconnection that we both face of being victims of Western society. So um, I say that because I, I want to make sure, too, that I'm clear that uh, the average brother who is, um, uh, who is uh, again, using women as a trophy piece or as a notch under their belt doesn't actually know what they're doing. My wife and I were sitting down with a couple of friends. This is about a couple of months ago, and we're kind of sharing some of this with them, both of them married. Uh, we're part of a, 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 a book club. So we're in there and we're eating breakfast. It was at a, you know, we did a breakfast one and, and nobody else came. So it was just four of us, so two of my buddies and my wife and I. And um, when I'm sharing this with them, and they were both kind of like giddy a little bit. And these are grown ass men, very, you know, you know, solid ass brothers too. I want to put that both of them I respect you know, greatly. But even in the conversation, but they were honest and open and said, man, you know, I'm, I'm listening to, you, to, to the you, two of you, and I feel like my 12-year-old self. Wow. Because they were like, they still saw sex in that same 12-year-old body they saw sex. You know, I mean, they were like, man, that's right? Parts of it that were still for them awkward to talk about as grown ass men with wives and children, you know, the whole piece. And they're sitting there, like, really feeling a little embarrassed. And the only thing they could do was laugh at certain parts because of their embarrassment, right? Mm -hmm. And they had never been told any of this. So they're like, damn, you know. But they were honest, right? These are friends, and they could be honest. We were in a safe place for them to have the discussion. 
So, uh, so take that now, take that same 12 year old to someone who is a brother who's not someone who I ne would necessarily respect, right? Um, and you still have that same 12 year old who's got it, you know, once this woman is a notch, uh, doesn't have any understanding of sexuality truly um, and what that spiritual connection is. And you get, you get what you get, right? You get what we have. And in marriages, so I'm saying that because there are married people, men and women, who are vibrating and have no understanding of their sexual power, There's, you know, that sexual spiritual energy, and their relationship, the connection they have is still very adolescent. Let me ask you this. Because there are a lot of people, because everybody has have their own ideas of sexuality in terms of monogamy, polygamy, polyamorous relationships. How do you think this ties in with that? Um, I, I think it ties in quite well, actually. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because, you know, I... I if I'm being honest, you know, I, we don't practice a, a, a poly relationship, my wife and I, but um, I think I do have a lot better understanding of it. Um, and if I'm going ancient in, in my thoughts, right, I think that our ancestors, and I'm not talking our ancestors 400 years ago, I'm talking, you know, many thousands and tens of thousands of years ago understood this energy in such a way where um, that lifestyle was one again that was pure, right? I'm glad you brought it. Uh, takes me to another story, right? Same Baptist minister, and I shared this with Callie as well. One brother brought up about open relationships. He said, you know, why, you know, he brought that, hey, how do y'all feel? And there were some sisters in the, in the conversation as well. And two sisters said something. I was like, yo, they, that was on point, both of them. And so he brought up this scenario of, um, okay, so, you know, I say, you know, you want to have an open relationship. And you go back and you share with your spouse. Hey, you know, I saw someone I'm attracted to and this, that, the other. And I would kind of like to explore, you know, an open relationship. And so the sister quickly chimed in before I could even say anything. And she said, you know, she was actually saying, I'm kind of open to an open relationship. Um, but she said, but what you just described is not an open relationship. Mm. And she said, because the open relationship should be a relationship that is centered around you and your spouse. Mm. Around you and your spouse. What you just described is a third wheel. And I was like, man, that was <laughs> third real. wheel. That was that was real. That was right. Mm -hmm. Because like, even if you're going to have a poly relationship, and this, and this is even in Islam, right? As you ladies know, that even in if the man is going to take on another wife, one, it has to be something that's discussed with the first wife. That's right. It has Teach. to be something that they both then view as something that will enhance their marriage as a as a as a total right mm -hmm. whether it's you know the woman is older now you want to have more children whatever the case may be it's a discussion to where they are still the center what he was talking about was not that mm -hmm. another sister said um 
she was she you know she wasn't into an open relationship in the, in the way that either of them discussed but she said i think that all marriages or a significant other should have openness and i was like you know she explained that it should be a safe place that it, you should be able to discuss any sexual desires or dreams or whatever you whatever you have with that significant other and there be no judgment I was like, man, that's real, right? So you, she was like, she used an example of, you know, you may have a dream. We all dream. We, you know, it's 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 insane to think or not realistic to think that everyone, we all have thoughts. We all have thoughts of having sex with other people, um, uh, fantasies, dreams, whatever. All these things are human, but we oftentimes cannot share a dream even uh, with your spouse without them feeling a certain way. Like, man, why are you dreaming that? Well, hell, everybody has these thoughts. And so her point was that there should always be a relationship that it has a connection where you all can at least have those types of discussions and then not be judging. And I agree with both of those, right? Um, and so, you know, I, you know but, but so there is then again, to take it back to brother, and what I said to the brother, was that again? I kind of chimed in on what the first sister said, and that uh, of it being about them. I said, you know, you have to be very careful because what you're speaking of is again is not really an open relationship. Is really you trying to get your rocks off with two different women, right? It's really <laughs> so different. There's no spirituality even in your thought about it. Right? You're just really thinking about the pleasure, the release, and and the notch under your belt. So it was, a, a, you know, so how he's viewing it, again, is very adolescent. And so when we talk about poly relationships or monogamous relationships, I think monogamy is a Western, Western way of control, um, primarily, uh, it, you know, and, and it was, again, I think that women of ancient times had, you know, uh, poly relationships. Uh, and so I think that, um, it was again a way to control. And so, you know, so from an ancient standpoint, I would say that um, uh, I, I'm probably still very open to a poly relationship. However, that's, that's not something that my wife and I have explored, but at the same time, in, with, in its true spiritual aspect, um, I think that there there are some probably some very great benefits um, that you know, the, you know and I can't say that I know those because like, again I haven't explored that I'm not you know gotten to that to that point uh, but I do believe like I said that there how we are doing things today um, in this Western idea uh, it, it's it's not really working in its sense and there and again I'll use even the same example even monogamy, if we were truly monogamous, uh, and I don't think that we are truly monogamous in that we're not oftentimes, again, looking to connect in a spiritual way with that partner, right? So what we're doing is forcing ourselves to restrict things um, without having true understanding of why we're restricting it 
And so it, it's one of those things, again, where we are so adolescent on both conversations that even in our monogamy, we fail. I'm going to bring this up because we've had our little private conversation. So I guess we can let everybody else in on those conversations because we talked about it. And I told you from my standpoint, as far as the poly relationships to me, I think because when you are in a certain place spiritually in a relationship, inviting people in who have not reached that level of spirituality mm-hmm. is, a, is, is not necessarily a good thing. Yep. And I so when you do that, if you are really using and really understanding the power of it, that could only be done with somebody who's, who's on that same level and who mm-hmm. understands that energy. Because, because it's an energy exchange, if I go through all of the things that I go through to release the pain that I have, if I do the steaming and I do all of that healing, and then you bring someone into that relationship, now you're going to bring her pain right back into me mm-hmm. because you're sharing that energy with her. And so that, so I, I just wanted to put that side out there too, is that, you know, you have to think about all of that. I absolutely agree, and I think that um, what you just shared, I think, is it, it, it is same same thing. I don't think we're speaking differently on no. that at all. I think that um, the only aspect that I would I, I'm, I'm adding to that is that I think that that also occurs, or you know, or that that thought, that conscious thought, mm-hmm. has to also be present even in a monogamous relationship. Right. And so that's my point of where we fail at that as well, right? Because it, it, to the second sister who said an openness uh, relationship, I think you can have a monogamous openness relationship. Exactly. We should, we should all be practicing an open relationship, an openness relationship, right. with our, yeah. even if we're in a monogamous relationship. But we don't, right? Mm-hmm. And so it goes again to the fact that we're, we have pain that we haven't actually dealt with. So we're holding things in the wound and, and even men are holding things from a sexual aspect that should be released. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that circle, really that true circle and connection with our partner should exist and it doesn't. So because we're going about this in an animalistic way and have no true understanding of our sexual energy. So to your point, uh, if you take, these same two people, and now you add a poly relationship on top of that, it's oh, yeah. just more chaos. It's yeah. just more hurt and pain being spread with more people. Um, but I do believe, uh, I, would, I would have to believe, that if you have mature people who are spiritually connected and who are vibrating uh, on that level and are associating with other people, you know, even in a poly relationship, who are who are vibrating with that type of energy, then there could be positive things that come out of that. Um, so I think, you know, but again, we are talking about, uh, um, you know, spoon feeding, you know, babies really, because they're, they're even myself, uh, I, I can't say that I'm ready uh, spiritually, you know, from a spiritual, a sexual, spiritual energy even to introduce others into our relationship in that way because I'm mm-hmm. still on the journey of, of maturing and understanding this power myself. Mm-hmm. And just one thing about the monogamy not working too, 
within with us and that's because like you said as far as the western interpretation we we view our relationships as, as owning something it's an ownership and you don't own human beings and i think that that's one of the things that we have to understand too and when we start to spiritually connect we understand that the connection is spiritual and it's not a physical owning of another person and so that person still should have their autonomy that doesn't mean that they're going out and quote unquote sleeping around in the sense that we look at but there, there has to be autonomy even in a monogamous relationship and I think that's part of the problem that that we don't understand either. And and that's, you know, and I think that's part of the reason that it doesn't work. I, um, there's a poet, Warsan Shire, and there's a line in her poem where she says, you can't make homes out of human beings. Someone should have already taught you that. And that's the thing that we, you know, because we do, we say, we, we look at these songs and, you know, what sounds romantic, Oh, well, you know, I found a home in her or I found a home in him. You should, you should find peace. You know, with, with our home, our home is something that belongs to us, that, that we own. And that's just not how it works with human beings. Mm -hmm. So I think that we have to understand that, too, when we're um, working on these, quote unquote, monogamous relationships, when understanding and taking that westernization out of it. That's true. And so many of our monogamous relationships we have, it become one of polygamy because we have all of, on a spiritual level, because we, we have all these ideas in our, in our relationship that shouldn't be there, that are foreign. We don't have that one belief in the true God. We don't make that both people come together under that one trueness, true belief in one God. Mm -hmm. It's too many ideologies that we have in our minds. Mm -hmm. And then our mate brings the same thing and it's just chaos because there's too many ideas in one day in relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Back to what we said in the beginning about uh, healing. And so it almost seems like, I guess if we're going to heal, we have to start by first healing the, the relationship between black men and women. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because until we can heal that aspect, how do we heal the community? Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I even um, take that you know I guess again going back to modeling, right? Mm -hmm. Is uh, and, and you know is really making sure that my wife and I right can can heal and be connected truly with each other, and then be a model uh, to others that we can share this information and they can heal from the things that we've shared and modeled with them. And um, going from, from there, going from, from that standpoint, you know, is kind of the way that I see it happening, right? And, you know, these conversations, and I think sisters having conversations, I've even shared with my wife, you know, like, you know, she has female friends that, yo, you gotta talk to them like one-on-one as women and really let them understand too, because, you know, the the, the the male spouse is 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 having issues, uh, and the woman is is again in his Western mindset, and bringing an energy that is not a healing one. It's 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 hurting him. You know, I I, I watched uh, with the kids. We watched Roots a few months ago, 
and um, you know, you know, we all watched Roots when we were kids. And then I watched it again one time before Callie and I had children, and we both were like, we watched it. We was like, damn, this movie is so different than what I remembered it as as a kid, right? And then I watched it again with, like I said, with our children, and I'm watching it, and it was parts that I hadn't picked up on at that time because I, I wasn't in the place to pick up on the, the different things, right? So um, I'm watching them going, damn. Look at how she's talking to him, you know, when I think Kunta uh, uh, Kizzy, Kizzy was leaving and she was getting taken away. And Kunta uh, Kente was on his knees and he was going through one of his rituals where he took some sand, some dirt from the last step that she had stepped. And he was like, you know, she was like, wait, his wife was like, what are you doing? He's like, you know, in his country, you know, you take a piece of the dirt from the last step that you've seen him in, and it means they'll return to you someday. You save and they'll return to you. And she said, you know, she went off, you know, on him. She was just going in, like, you know, talking about how basically, you know, I thought, you know, Kizzy meant stay put, you know, and she was going in on him, right? And I was like, damn, look at this. Look at how, you know, slavery and the impact of what our women have had to look at as their savior was the white man. Mm -hmm. That was the only one that could protect anybody, right? It was his word, right? That was the one that protect. You know, if the ma white man says she stay, then she stay. If the, you know, if that, if he says she go, she go, right? Um, uh, and so just thinking about like subconsciously what is being, then still held in, in our women as who truly the real man provider protector is, is still prevalent. So oftentimes when we have sisters who then, not even knowingly, right, but, but they would hit that subconscious nerve of that man who's got that pain of not being able to protect his woman, not to be able to really be that man and, and, and keep that word, uh, is a sore spot for him. When we look at what's going on in today's society, uh, I can't, I tell my people, like, I mean, so my wife, like, you know, I know, I pray that I'm never around when I see a police officer abusing our women and children like I see these right. men. I, I don't have it in me to watch that or to show a video. I would have to engage, right? So I may end up dead. But I would have to engage. That's just, that's just part of, that's who I am. It's kind of like I can't sit there and watch this or film this knowing that they're doing what they're doing. So, you know, you have men who want to interject in those moments, right? But subconsciously, they also are, are subconsciously remembering those who interjected and what happened. Right, so we're again in this cycle of pain that we're carrying from experiences that we've had, that our grandparents had, that is still carried on through the wound of the of the of the women. Then mm. we play this out over and over again. So you're pushing our buttons, we're pushing your buttons. Hot spot, hot spot. All these things have to be healed so that we can move forward. Can you tell us one more time about the book? that you have that you said that we should read? Yes. The very first one. So the very first one that I, I recommend, there's actually another one I recommend called the, um, uh, 
uh, Woman's Anatomy of Arousal. I think I actually text you that one too. Um, that was actually one that Callie and I read together in bed. Actually, I had her read it uh, out loud to me in bed uh, because that one actually talks more about just the anatomy of a woman uh, and her empowering herself through her sexuality. So, but it was more it was more layman's terms. So it was it was more just about even masturbating, right, and being comfortable as a woman and masturbating. Uh, so you, you, um, if you guys talk to the sisters, you'll find that many women are not comfortable with even doing that, with touching their body in that way, uh, which is a, is a problem, right? So because it's kind of like, basically, if you can't get to where you can please yourself and feel comfortable, how then can you actually truly uh, be exploratory with your, with your mate, right? It's, it's almost impossible. So that book really kind of just shares that mm -hmm. part, right? And, um, mm -hmm. uh, and so we read that one you know, 10 years ago or so. And that was also a recommended uh, reading from Melba, from, from Melba Green. But then um, this, this one here is called, again, Tantric Orgasms for Women. And uh, the sister, uh, uh, Diana Richardson, also writes one for men. Uh, and reading this book was, was a very good, very good book. She explains things quite well. And so I tell people, you know, to kind of read this one as a, as a first book. Uh, and then there's um, Jewels in the Lotus, which is, it goes a little bit deeper in, in as far as, it goes deeper in a number of different ways, but it also, it, it gives you uh, exercises, if you will, that you and your spouse can do together that can then um, kind of really, uh, uh, say, spark or, or, um, uh, or, or kind of elevate the energy. Mm -hmm. uh, and so those are two that, um, and I've got I've got a whole bunch of others, but those are the two that I kind of kind of been talking about and sharing with people, or those three books that I've been talking and sharing with people to start with. Yes, this brings us to our challenges. I'm like, we can go on for another two or three hours, brother. You dropping some bombs over here. I look, I'm over here writing. I got look at this. This is note paper right here. I'm a student today. I ain't, I ain't said much, Akila. You know, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna listen. So I, this comes to our, this brings us to our challenges. Number one, educate yourself on sexual energy and how it affects you. We we need to be more educated on sexual energy. We are too focused on the physical energy of sex. We need to focus on this more spiritually. Second challenge: seek, speak spiritual connections. Seek spiritual connections with your partner. It's very important. You learn to vibe on a spiritual level with one another. And 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 gotta listen to this uh, lecture again from brother. This this podcast lecture because this is a lecture. <laughs> the minister was the minister. The minister Rock Mom is speaking today. This is a lecture right here. <laughs> and our third challenge is start this conversation with your peers in your circle. Start the conversation of having a spiritual conversation about sex. We have to elevate our thinking, brothers and sisters. We have to get off this physical plane and we have to become more spiritual as our nature dictates. And we have to be on a more spiritual level. Those are my challenges. And even though the healing has to start with the man and the woman, I mean, like we all have to heal, mm -hmm. but I'm still hearing in my head how much of the work actually is with the woman. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's right. I think that the uh, majority <laughs> of the work is actually uh, yeah. 
you know, it may be unfairly, but I believe that the majority of the work is with the woman because the womb, again, yes. is the creation of us all. So, uh, and Melba has shared the same thing. And that is one of the reasons why she really encouraged me to really work with, with Callie mm-hmm. on this understanding. Uh, because, you know, she recognizes that really, you know, in my greatness, right? Um, the, the, however great I will become, the, the greatest aspect of who I will become is going to be a major reflection um, of what Callie actually um, uh, infuses almost into me. Uh, yes. So it definitely, it definitely is, is, is a major, major work for women. Okay, well, thank you. So, Gary, if listeners want to get in touch with you, and I'm sure they will. So, um, several ways to connect. Uh, I'm, I'm very Googleable. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> so, people can go to Gary Rockman, R A H M A N, so G A R Y R A H M A N dot com, which is my main website. Uh, they, you know, there's ways you know, to connect from there. There are They'll send you to um, uh, emails, et cetera. Uh, I also do a, a, a podcast, radio show, and YouTube channel, uh, which Gary Rockman on YouTube, and I actually do that live on Fridays, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. And it, it's also on in a podcast form or live, like almost live broadcast on my website, same time, 12 o'clock uh, noon Eastern Standard Time. And if you go to my website, you can, you can link up to that. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a published author. My book is Back from Hell and the Devil Didn't Win, How to Free Yourself from Poverty and Grow Generation Wealth. Uh, mm. That website is Back from Hell, or excuse me, the, um, that website is thedevildidn'twin.com. Uh, <laughs> but you can, also, you can also find it if you go to my main website, which is gearrockman.com. Okay. All right. So did you want to leave any final words with our listeners? Uh, final words. I think really the, the, um, the challenges, that, that's the final piece. Like she said, like Hakeem said, you know, basically share it, share it with your circles, you know, share this information with your circles, uh, you know, pick up the books. There's a lot of information on, on, uh, YouTube, you do have to be a little bit careful on YouTube because there's a whole lot of information. Oh, yeah. It's not good. But there are <laughs> yeah, some good folks as well uh, that are giving good information. But um, primarily, you know, if you're in a relationship or even if you're not, right, uh, Akila, even if you're not, there are things that you can do to, from a, and it goes back to even that first book that I said, The um, uh, Woman's Anatomy of Arousal. There are things where you can connect with this energy really, truly, I think really all of us can connect with this energy by ourselves. Our spiritual, sexual energy is something that we can also tap into by ourselves uh, and, and explore and understand more so that when you do connect with your partner, um, both of you, again, just being more equally yoked, that, that process, that circle uh, just happens a lot faster. All right. Thank you again for joining us. And thank you to all our listeners for listening, and we will see you next week.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Impress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Empress, please visit the website royalempress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization. All rights reserved.